Hello everyone, this is Bill Owen, podcast time, and this will be fun, I think. Superheroes of fiction. A lot of names come to mind right away, right? I suppose the most preeminent ones would be Superman and Batman. We've got a wonderful list of them coming up. Superman, of course, lived in Metropolis and Batman in Gotham. Gotham is a, a nickname, as you probably know, for New York City, along with uh, the more modern one, the Big Apple. It was none other than the great writer and legend of Sleepy Hollow author Washington Irving who coined the term Gotham. And uh, Batman started out in detective comics in 1939. Well, 39, 40, 41, you'll hear those years a lot. That was really the beginning of the of the great superheroes for the most part. Bruce Wayne, the alias for Batman, and his sidekick, Robin, remember his name? Dick Grayson. What happened was uh, Wayne's parents were murdered, and he wanted to uh, try to account for them and bring them back to justice and become a a crime fighter in his own, even though he was really a, a playboy. He had a lot of famous villains, or infamous villains, Catwoman. There was the Scarecrow, the Penguin, the Joker, certainly the most famous of all. Bob Kane was the name of the artist, and Bill Finger was the writer. Boy, it just took over after it debuted in 1939. Remember, Batman always wore a utility belt. He had so many weapons in that little utility belt. He drove in the Bat car, he lived in the Bat cave. Such an interesting connection with the Green Hornet. Many of you are aware of that, I think, but in case you're not, uh, the Lone Ranger was John Reed, and uh, the Green Hornet was the son of uh, Dan Reed Jr., so he was the nephew of the Lone Ranger, is what I'm trying to say. The Green Hornet was the grandnephew of the Lone Ranger, get that straight. John Reed... To get that uh, correct now, John Reed, the Lone Ranger, and his nephew was Dan Reed. They have similarities. Green Hornet and Lone Ranger, both created by George Strandle and Fran Stryker. Both famous radio versions broadcast from station WXYZ in Detroit. And uh, the Green Hornet had that famous, famous opening with Rimsky-Korsakoff's Flight of the Bumblebee, and then the announcer would say, the Green Hornet, and you hear the hornet buzzing up, and then you hear, he hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet, Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Then you hear the Black Beauty car pulling up. And the announcer continues, Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure. In this case, it was Death Stalks the City. The Green Hornet strikes again. Then you hear the Hornet buzzing up full. And uh, as long as we're out in the opening, let's continue it. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of the closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passage built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. 
Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as a hiding place for the sleek, superpowered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. It goes on and on. In the closing, you'd have a, a newsboy shouting out, Special extra murders in jail, city saved from deadly ray gun, read all about it. Green Hornet still at large, special extra paper. I used to love to do that when I was a newspaper boy, shout out the headlines. Uh, both the Hornet and the Ranger, as we mentioned, are created by the same pair, both broadcast from Detroit, where they had a, a stock company of actors who appeared on both programs. And the parallels continue between the two programs. We mentioned the Green Hornet's name was Britt Reed and the Lone Ranger's name John Reed. And Britt was uh, referred to as the Lone Ranger's grandnephew. They each had a faithful sidekick, Cato in this case, and Tonto for the Ranger. They both had their superior means of transportation, whether it was the Black Beauty or the Horse Silver. Silver, as announcer Fred Foy used to say. And each one fought crime, but not as part of a formal law enforcement agency. They carried out their adventures as semi-fugitives, in a sense, from the law. The Green Hornet. Oh, my. Then there's uh, there's Captain Marvel. That was my favorite of all. Wiz Comics, 1941. It introduced 12-year-old orphan Billy Batson, created by uh, C.C. Beck. And during World War II, he was actually more popular than Superman. But uh, Captain Marvel, you know, he disappeared after the Superman owners won an infringement case. That's kind of sad. Well, they were somewhat similar, but uh, Captain Marvel had the greatest, in my opinion, movie serial of all, that Republic serial. You know how uh, Billy Batson would just shout out Shazam and he would turn into the captain. And Shazam stood for something. It stood for... uh, the gods, Solomon and, uh, well, the, the, the wisdom of Solomon, it stood for, and the strength of Hercules, that's the S-H, stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury, Shazam. And his archenemy, Dr. Savannah, the evil Dr. Savannah. Um, he mentioned that 1941 Republic serial with Tom Tyler. He and... Uh, he and the TV Superman, George Reeves, were both actors in Gone with the Wind. Isn't that remarkable? And in 1941, uh, Captain Marvel Jr. came along in the form of the crippled newsboy, Freddie Freeman. Shazam, what a, what a magic word. Oh, we have to mention Wonder Woman, known as Diana Prince. Originally, she was Princess Diana. How about that? And she got permission from uh, the real, according to the story, Diana Prince, to use that name. That was also from 1941, created by a man named Charles Moulton. Who else we remember? Captain America, 1941. Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, the, the alter ego of Captain America. Few people would remember that. Steve Rogers. Then there was the Human Torch. He came along earlier, 1939. He was able to surround himself in flames. He was always a fire. And uh, one that's widely recognized today, Spider-Man, done by the great Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. That, that started uh, as recently as 1962. The alias was Peter Parker. Remember that? 
Peter Parker, who'd been bitten by a radioactive spider, and that gave him these great climbing powers. Don't forget Bullet Man and Bullet Girl from Nickel Comics in 1940. They had the ability to deflect bullets with the, with their so-called gravity regulator helmets. Jim Barr and his wife Susan Kent, that were their aliases. And they fought villains such as the Black Mask, the Black Rat, and Mara Mile. Oh, I'm thinking of The Flash from 1939. He was a college athlete named Jay Garrick. And he had such great speed, so The Flash makes sense, as is sobriquet. The Green Lantern in 1940, originally known as Alan Scott. Later, for some reason, they changed the name to Hal Jordan. There was Aquaman, Arthur Curry, who could breathe underwater. <laughs> he could actually talk to the fish and the other sea creatures. He's a creation of that magical year of 1941. Well, we should include among the superheroes. He didn't wear a cape, but it was Tarzan the Ape Man, created by Edgar Rice Burroughs. He never set foot in Africa. Isn't that something? Some imagination. Burroughs himself survived Pearl Harbor's attack in 1941. Now, uh, Tarzan's real name, as the story begins, is uh, John Clayton II. He was the Viscount Greystoke. And he was actually a very sophisticated character. He would never say, me Tarzan, you Jane, no, no. But he was stranded in Africa, marooned by uh, mutineers, and he ran into Jane Porter. So for the movie version, it was me Tarzan, you Jane, but not in the original story. The first film Tarzan, a great name from Hollywood history, Elmo Lincoln, 1918 silent film with Tarzan. He had a long Hollywood career, didn't he? I was growing up with Johnny Weissmuller, who turned out to be the best known of all the movie Tarzans, but there were several of them. And we ought to talk about Superman. We mentioned who came from Metropolis, which I I guess you could say is like New York City. I remember one incident uh, during World War II in the in the comic strip, the Sunday comic strip version, where he signed up to join uh, the army, and they took him in a room for his eye exam, and he was so bored, saying to himself, "This is ridiculous. I've got such great vision." And without thinking, he read the eye chart in the next room with his X-ray vision, and so the doctors uh, failed him, and he was not allowed to go in the army. But he helped the Allied side in uh, many other ways direct action, flying around with that great cape. Clark Kent as Superman. That was a great radio program. And, uh, well, they they told how he was a, a strange visitor from another planet. You know, the planet Krypton. He was disguised as the mild-mannered Clark Kent, a reporter for, remember the paper? The Daily Planet. Now, the actor who played Superman would use a relatively high-pitched tone for Clark Kent's voice and then a deep, powerful tone for Superman. So Clark Kent might talk like this, and Superman would talk like this. The voice change usually occurred right in the middle of the line, this looks like a job for Superman. And occasionally, Batman and Robin, who didn't have their own radio show ever in the networks, but they would appear as guests on Superman's show. 
And of course, it was all based on the comic strip by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. It came to radio by way of the Mutual Network in 1940. I, I hated to ever miss one episode. And we mentioned the actor uh, who played Superman. For the most part, it was Bud Collier, who was a noted quiz master and interviewer on radio. But it also was played by Michael Fitzmorris for a time. They both took that role. Joan Alexander as Lois Lane, the girl reporter. Remember the editor, Perry White, and the office boy, Jimmy Olsen. There was a, a second office boy named Beanie, but uh, we didn't hear much from him. He was he was portrayed by Jackson Beck, who was also the most famous announcer that we heard in that immortal opening, sponsored by Kellogg's Pep. Remember, it went uh, something like this. Kellogg's Pep, the super delicious cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman, faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> you hear that bullet ricochet. More powerful than a locomotive. And then you hear the row, 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 the locomotive effect. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. We'd hear a burst of wind, and, and then the announcer would say, uh, Look, up in the sky, and... Voice number one would say, it's a bird. And the female voice said, it's a plane. And the third voice came in with, it's Superman. Yes, the strange visitor from another planet. Oh, how wonderful that was. And, of course, several movie versions. There was a serial version for the Saturday serials, the comic strip, comic books. Great, great memories of Superman and all these other wonderful superheroes of fiction. Oh my, what an what an era. And I know as a young boy I was so excited to get those 10-cent comic books and have a wonderful evening, maybe buy a package of orange slice candies and or, uh, or caramels and sit in my room and read that wonderful comic book. We used, to, we used to swap comic books in the old days. Huh? Some of you may remember that. And... Uh, you could also uh, trade them in. Sometimes at stores, and uh, if you traded one in with a cover missing, why well, you could get one in return for the cover missing. They they kept it well balanced, but it was. We do the same thing, of course, with your friends. Uh, I'll give you two because yours is in bad shape. Uh, I'll give you two, and you get give me four for the fact that the covers are all torn. We didn't care about that. We just enjoyed those comic books, and they became of considerable value later on. And uh, how many families just threw them out, <laughs> ending up throwing out thousands of dollars. Well, that's our memory. Uh, the Flash, the Green Lantern, Aquaman, Tarzan, Captain Marvel. Once again, Shazam. For the wisdom of Solomon, the S for Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Shazam! And with that, we close down another podcast. This is Bill Owen looking forward to next time.